You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome back to the Oz Network for another episode, another recap on Star Trek Discovery Season 1, aka Only Season. And we are now on to Episode 4, titled The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry. Oh, I don't think it's recording. Then what's this recording here? No, you, you pressed this. <laughs> no, that's a separate recording. Don't worry about that oh. one. But, but yeah, but good on you. <laughs> so are you trying yeah. to call it production I didn't want you to look. be sounding so cool for nothing. <laughs> well, I'd have to sound cool for it to be for nothing. Hello, my name is Colin and no one's listening. Welcome to the Oz Network and Star Trek Discovery. The butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry. Um, first of all, before we even get into the episode, or before I even introduce you... Jamie, didn't you... Well, I just introduced you there. Hi, Jamie. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, do you remember that famous part of the episode where they said, The butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry? No idea. I have no idea either. I don't know what's with these Sounds like title. something that would be like from like the Klingon Bible or something. Yeah, that's probably what it's from. Uh, but anyways, as we said, we are here to talk about another episode of Star Trek Discovery. And uh, we're now three weeks in and four episodes in, and... We, uh, I guess we're kind of split on the first two-parter, if you want to call it that. Yeah. We were not split at all on how bad last week's episode was. Uh, Jamie, just kick it off here, and what did you think of Star Trek Discovery, episode four? Um, I thought it wasn't bad. I thought, um, I really liked what they did with the, the animal, uh, creature thingy there <laughs> with Michael. Um, I don't know. That was probably my favorite part of the episode. I just thought the it, Ripper or the whatever that weird name is they have it. The Ripper. Yeah, yeah. that was the name of I think, it. I think I don't think it was the Ripper. I think they named it Ripper or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm just I, I'm I feel like they just keep explaining so much backstory that I'm just waiting for something to go forward and happen. So that's why I kind of like that. Yeah, it's. I mean, we've talked about this now three weeks in a row. This is a slow build show, and it's a completely different format. And I, I made this comparison in one of the past weeks that uh, I feel like this is to, and I'm not even that big of a Stargate fan. I mean, the movie, yes, not the TV show, but I feel like this is to Star Trek what Stargate Universe was to Stargate. And it's just, it was a completely different type of show. Uh, the feel was different, the tone was different, the format was different. I mean, this is heavily serialized, and we already did see that in Deep Space Nine. Deep Space, Deep Space, Deep Space Nine was one of the first shows to you know uh, be serialized, at least in American television. And of course, Enterprise did it, you know, specifically with season three. And I felt like those just it was more accessible. And this, it almost, I feel like it's it was a smart idea for them to do this whole you know, uh, all access online streaming thing with CBS, because this is something that is probably better if you actually just binge watch it all in one shot. I mean, it, it is feeling like it's a lot more, uh, slow building because we're having to wait a week in between episodes. I mean, yeah. that's just my opinion. Yeah. No, I think the other part, um, that I forgot about, but I just remember the other part that I found kind of interesting is I actually do kind of like this whole Klingon story. I don't know what you're feel is on that i know it's a little bit slow and a mm-hmm. little bit drawn out but i actually like the fact that they're telling some kind of love story with it because i've never really seen that yeah i mean it's with, it's with different Klingons well, we also have never seen klingons develop much i mean yeah in the original series they were just your you know cookie cutter villains in next generation the idea was that we have peace now but they were still like this completely weird culture it was like oh yeah we have peace with you but you're kind of weird um with 
this series, what it feels like is different is that they're going really in depth and they're, they're, they're giving them complexity. I mean, the thing that I like the best was this whole thing with like the different houses. There was the one female Klingon you're talking about. And she was saying, you know, I was raised by somebody who was under this house, this of the Klingon houses. I think it was, was Makai or something. Yeah, or I think it was Szechuan. But, um... No, that was the name of the ship. <laughs> it wasn't the name of the ship. <laughs> but anyways, and then she's like, yeah, but I have this one. So I actually can kind of be the bridge between them. There's a lot of politics in this, uh, a lot of culture, and I am liking what they're doing, the Klingons. I just wish that they still looked like Klingons, or even if they didn't look like Klingons, make them look something like Klingons. Make them resemble them a little bit. Yeah, it's like a whole new alien race. So the Klingons are, I don't want to say taking a backseat on the show at this point, but it it definitely feels like, you know, we were introduced to them, and now they're kind of, kind of appear a little bit every single week. Oh, this is still really loud. Let me try that one more time. So the Klingons are not necessarily taking a back seat in the show, but I feel like, you know, they're they're just going to kind of be there and we're going to be reminded of them a little bit every single week until the story picks up again. Like we were introduced to the Klingons, we were introduced to this war, and every two episodes or so will just remind you that they're there. I did like what they did within this episode. For the most part, this episode wasn't about the Klingons. It was definitely more about the war. And I feel like we got past being introduced to a bunch of characters last week. And I'm going to have even more complaints about how pointless last week's episode was as we get into some of the characters this week. But at least the story's moving forward. I mean, the basic story we had here was that, you know, as we learned last week, there was this weird, as we learn now the name, a spore drive. Haven't you always wanted to see a spore drive in science fiction? Um, some problems with the technology I have I'll get into later on. But the idea that this thing can just transport you in, it's basically a way to beam yourself anywhere in the galaxy, an entire ship. And uh, the the thing is, is that they have this creature, and they're not really sure what is the rip, Ripper, not the Ripper, but Ripper. Um, and they don't really know what it is, and... Captain Lorca gives Burnham the task of study this creature and find out how we could turn it into a weapon because this is a war now. We're being reminded every three scenes, this is a war now. This isn't a science vessel. Um, I don't know. Did you like this plot? I mean, it was slightly more interesting than what we saw last week of nothing, but still a slow build towards the series. Were you enjoying it at least? Yeah. Um, this episode I liked a little bit more because I felt like they actually did something. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think that it was kind of surprising to me um, what they were doing with uh, Ripper, mm-hmm. with the creature that was there that they called Ripper. Yeah. Um, I I didn't really see that coming. The fact that it would actually be used to control the spores that way. Yeah, I mean it was it was a nice surprise. Um, it gave it a little bit of purpose. I still don't know if it's like, wow, that's right up there with. You know, the Q episodes, the next generation, or cause and effect. No, but I'm just trying to be generous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I'm still feeling like this didn't need to be 15 episodes. And I feel like I have this complaint for every new show that comes out. I always want it to be a little bit less. I remember when Daredevil first came out, and it's 13 episodes. I'm like, you know, if this were 10 episodes, it would have been a perfect show. There's some shows out there that have been 10 episodes. I'm like, ah, maybe 8, and it would have been all right. I just, I don't like things being stretched out for the sake of being stretched out. But at the same time, this is the first time I feel like at least the story would have fit in a classic Star Trek show. Uh, the tone still is very different. The characters are very different. Um, but the tone felt, not the tone, the, the story felt like it was something we could have seen on Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, or even the original, maybe. Yeah, I I just, um, 
with the episode, I'm not really sure where I fit it. This show is kind of weird. I don't put it anywhere in the whole series. I mean, we're starting to get the impression that... It feels different than anything I've ever seen before for Star Wars. Because it was... Well, or that's not, because of Star Trek. Not but Star yeah. Wars, Star Trek. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm sorry. It's, um, it's slowly building and... We're now, what, four episodes in, and I get the idea, eventually they're going to go somewhere with this spore drive, and eventually they're going to go somewhere with this Klingon war. Um, eventually they're going to go somewhere with Michelle Yeoh, as we saw a little bit of flashbacks to her this week. I don't think they'd be showing us that much of her if she wasn't going to... There's going to be some way of her coming back. We talked about that since the first episode. But we're getting an idea of what is building towards now. I just don't know how much patience I'm going to have. And I'm not saying I don't want some one-off episodes. In fact, I want more of that. I want some one-off episodes, and I want more characters other than Burnham. I mean, I'm liking Burnham a lot more than I thought I would. I thought her character was great this week, but the biggest complaint I have about this episode is also the biggest complaint I have about the series so far, which is also the biggest complaint I have about poor writing, and I've mentioned this in our Titanic episode I did with Ben, when the only way you can make your hero is a, he- a hero is by making everybody else around them an idiot you're doing a bad job as a writer. And that's yeah. what I feel like they're doing in the show. They're not necessarily making Burnham a great character. It's just she's always right and everybody else is always an idiot. And I don't like that type of storytelling. I don't like that way of character development. And I don't like that it's just every character is being pushed aside for it to be only her story. And I've complained this four weeks in a row now. And I just, I want something new. We get a little bit this week with Stamets or Stamets or whatever his name is. Uh, we get a little bit more of Lorca. Uh, a, a little bit more of Tilly, oh boy. But, I don't know, it's just too little. I want them to have their own episodes, finally. Yeah, no, and I agree. I feel like the character development has been really slow. Um, and just them doing anything in general for the story really is slow. It's really not something, like, and again, I'm not trying to be complaining or whiny, but it's really not anything I'm used to seeing for star trek episodes where it's like oh let's go on an adventure and then it's like that episode's done and i understand like you said it's not that type of show you know what what was the word you used again serialized yeah and honestly like i understand how some shows could be that way i would tend to lean on the fact that for what i've seen with the star trek um series so far compared to this i'm probably not a big fan of star trek being serialized no, because it was done so well in Enterprise and Deep Space Nine. It was just done more subtly. Um, I didn't really even notice it like that, though. This is feeling to me more than anything. I know I mentioned Stargate Universe, but this is feeling more to me like Torchwood in a way. Uh, Torchwood was a Doctor Who spinoff, and the first two seasons was just like your regular show, Adventure of the Week. The third season, they did such a good job of making this mini series. It was like six episodes long, and that was it. Hey, I'm dying here. Discovery's putting me to sleep again. Um... But they did such a good job with this miniseries, and then they folded up with a season that was 10 episodes long, and I thought to myself, oh, this should have been six, you know, as I always do. And I felt it kind of ruined Torchwood, and I just, I don't know, maybe a miniseries would have been a better way to kick this off, who knows. We'll get into it more. Uh, the storyline did work for me this week, though, because it played up on the war, and it made it kind of a mystery to solve, even though by the time it's solved, it's not like you're like, oh, I never saw that coming. I mean... I get what you're saying about, you know, Ripper being the thing that actually controls the spore drive, but it's just, it's, it's not like, like when you watch a great Star Trek episode like Cause and Effect, which is probably my favorite of all time, where they just keep living the same day over and over again, mm-hmm. you're struggling to think how they're going to write themselves out of this. And when they do, it's like, wow, that's clever. And it kind of goes over my head. 
this was just sort of like, oh, we came up with this idea. Let's put the creature inside there. And then they do it and they kind of make a test jump. But the the war storyline, which I actually like this week, was almost so secondary, I didn't care. Um, but the idea that, okay, well, you need these mining colonies if this is a war. You know, you have to go where these dilithium crystals are. So this is what you build all other starship, you know, uh, engines out of. And it's under attack, so the Klingons are attacking this planet. It's basically saved this planet. It would have been nice to see a little bit more of the planet, maybe a little bit less of Tilly. Uh, my new favorite character, Tilly the roommate. Oh, um, Jamie, is Tilly the most useless character on the show, or can you think of one that's worse at this point? I can think of one more that's more useless, but not one that's more annoying. But you see, I don't really think that's fair, because the thing is... You don't think it's fair to call Tilly useless? No, I'm, I'm saying with the... And oh my goodness, you're so loud, but... Um, with the show, um, honestly, they haven't really built characters enough at this point where you could consider most of them useful in any way. Okay, yeah, that's and, fair, and that's the, and that's a problem. I, I feel like there's something more that they're gonna do with this girl later, but who knows? It's well, hard but to say. Do you care? She's just kind of like bad comic relief. Well, I don't know. She's kind of ditzy or whatever, but I want to give her a chance. Oh, I don't want to give her a chance at all. I want her on the show. She's, um, she's brave. She's brave? What does she do? No, I'm she's saying... She's brave because she rooms with a, a convict? No, I'm saying she's braid. Uh, she's bra- braid? Oh, brave. Brave, brave the character. Yeah, she's Merida. Like Merida. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's something interesting because I want to talk about the other most useless character. Last week we were introduced to uh, the head security officer on the ship. What was her name again? Oh gosh, Landry. I yeah, there yeah. you go. And we were saying, okay, great idea of a character. You know, she's kind of got an attitude. She's moody. She's a bit of a jerk. Uh, and in this episode, she's written out. And I got to say, that was the dumbest death I have ever seen. It was pointless to have it's, her on the show. It, well, I understand where they're going with that, and I'll get to that in a second. But her death, she basically walks in there and says, all right, let that giant murderous creature out of his pen. I can tame it. And then she just gets trampled and dies. And this is the character we introduced last week. She's the, if she's head security, like it's just the dumbest way for her to go. And it kind of just made it. What I was talking about, if you're making Burnham a hero because everybody else around her is an idiot, you're not doing your job as a writer. And I don't like that they had to make her an idiot. Write her out of the show another way. I mean, don't introduce her in the first place. That's another way you can go. But where they're going with this, this is my theory, is that they want the show to be unpredictable. They don't want you to know who's going to live and die. And that's what Game of Thrones is so famous for. You know, I have no idea what they're going to do. They could kill off anybody. There's nobody who's sacred on Game of Thrones. The problem is, is it doesn't work on Star Trek Discovery because we don't know these characters yet. If you're doing this, you know, at the end of season one, in the middle of season two, it's effective. When Tasha Yar was killed off on Next Generation, it was effective because you didn't see it coming because they've at least taken the time to develop her character. Landry was there for an episode and a half. And it's just, it, it felt like, what a waste of time and i've still a huge waste well and apparently there's another lead actor another one of the main characters on the show that's yet to be introduced that will probably be introduced next week which is i guess her replacement so why did we have to wait four episodes for them to bring in a lead character on the show it's like we're talking about a third of the show and they're not even in it i don't know with this lady again it was like they tried to do something with her but then it's like oh she's dead Mm -hmm. so yeah it was a waste um, the other new character we're introduced to this week, the Doctor. Uh, we'll get to our poll on the end on Doctors. Uh, I've kind of read rumors of where they're going with this Doctor character, and there will be a little bit more development, but at least for the performance, did you like the Doctor they introduced this week? Um, 
Yeah, they were okay. I, um... I don't know. I, I didn't really get to see them that much, so... It was like one or two scenes. But at least I feel like we got some personality. I, I thought that the effect of him actually um, helping the guy with his nose was kind of cool. Yeah. And and Stamets, or Stamets, I think they called him on this episode. I mean, he's still probably my favorite character. I mean, there's just... He has so much attitude, but he's not annoying. Every character on the show has to kind of be a jerk, and I don't know why, but he plays it well. And y- you start to see, again, the conflict of... He's like, I'm a science officer on a science, you know, ship. And Lorca's like, this isn't a science ship anymore. It's a warship. And it's just, it's, they've given him enough to work with, even though with little screen time that I'm interested by him. But he's still not getting a lot. And speaking of not getting a lot, Saru. I mean, what is Saru doing there this week? <laughs> it's just another debate. And they, they introduced this thing where, you know, he has gills that I guess erect when there's an unseen threat around, which is the weirdest power to ever give somebody. Um, hey, I know that we can trust this creature because your gills didn't erect. <sighs> kind of just seems random. Uh, I did, love you, his character still. I love his performance. You get boner gills? That's basically what it was. It was boner gills went off or didn't go off. It's just a weird thing to do. I mean, there's a lot. It's funny because I remember finishing this episode and thinking, yeah, this one wasn't too bad. And the more I'm talking about it, I'm like, it's the same thing as last week. It's just, it's all so weird. And not good weird. It's just, what was that? Like, what did... Did I miss something? Am I missing any Saru scenes here? Did he have a big part in this episode? No, not a big part at all. It was the same type of thing where they were just, you know, he was talking about how he's not, he wasn't sure of her type of thing. And you could see that there's clearly not that full trust there. And he mm-hmm. was surprised she was still there. And it's like, oh gosh, just get on with us already. We already saw this. The other thing I want to talk about is this being a prequel series. Because I almost feel like we're just piling on the show every week and... I'm still getting some entertainment out of it, but why did this need to be a prequel? Did they need to make it a prequel because they wanted to tell the story of this Klingon war? Well, I feel like you could have told this story and not have it be a Klingon war because these things don't remind you of Klingons in any way. Did they do it as a prequel because they wanted to do like less technology? They didn't want it to be holodecks on Next Generation or all that. Well, all the technology we're seeing on this is so advanced that you wonder where was this in the original series, let alone Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and all the movies. I mean, this spore drive, I'm sure they're going to explain it at some point at the end of the season where the thing's just too dangerous to use. But I almost feel like it's, it's making me question the other shows where I shouldn't. That, you know what, why did they waste all that time, you know, uh, traveling at warp speed? Just use the spore drive. Uh... And there's a lot of tech like that. We're seeing like a lot of tech on this show. That I, The fact that they beam each other within the ship. When do we ever see that on Star Trek? Like Picard just gets so lazy he doesn't want to take the elevator. It's like, beam me to my quarters. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure what to say with this show, honestly. <laughs> it's I, weird. It, it is really weird, even with the whole transporter thing. I don't really understand it. Yeah, like why... Are but they're trying, to, they're, to... they're trying to do some things differently. Though. But, like, like even them like talking to the computer and the computer's like working, loading, and yeah, stuff like that. You it's never, slower. You, you never really see that in other it's, shows. It's running, it's running, running Windows 98 still. Yeah. Uh, this is 10 years before the original series. Come on, 95. But my problem is, is that the tech we see is so much more advanced than what we've even seen on Enterprise. And I'm not going to say you have to tie it so perfectly to the others. But when you have people beaming within a ship, they're probably doing that so you can see something. Hey, I've never seen that on Star Trek before. You want to surprise the audience. 
but you also don't want them to question everything else they love. You're, you're, you called it Star Trek because you want to play to that audience. You still have to find ways to please that audience. And it's just, they're doing so much to make this different that I don't feel they're doing a lot to actually make it feel familiar to Star Trek fans. Yeah. No, I agree. Jamie's like so, she's more bored now than she was watching this episode. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I don't consider this a boring episode. I liked the scenes where they were dealing with, you know, Ripper and when her and Stamets are, you know, letting him loosen the spore thing and then they come to the conclusion of how to control this spore drive. I think the final action sequence is great when they actually get on the, uh, or to the planet and the planet's under siege. It would have been more fun to see that throughout the episode just to remind you of it more. But it was exciting and it brought to it a little bit of, okay, well, this is a war story, but kind of like the Star Wars animated series, The Clone Wars, which is going to sound a weird comparison, but The Clone Wars animated series was amazing. And a lot of people consider it to be the best show on television, not just best animated show for a while there. And they just showed you aspects of war you wouldn't normally see. And uh, I feel like we're getting a lot out of it here, uh, which you don't have a lot to add on because you're nodding off right now. Yeah. Uh, anything to add on the other characters on this show? I mean, we're not getting a lot of screen time out of many of them. I guess Lorca is the only one that you know, really matters at this point. We got another moment with Lorca with his, you know, eyes and this this thing about adjusting to the light. I mean, I'm still wondering this, what's going on with that. Is that the weirdest quirk ever? I don't know. Yeah, like I'm curious to find out if it's just going to be another one of those things that they they like hint at oh something happened and then they don't do anything with because it seems like the show actually likes to do that yeah um in other words do pointless things yeah uh, the only other thing to really talk about you know we mentioned the klingons at the beginning and you know we're getting a little bit more of the klingon culture in this but more importantly there's this thing about the klingon commander or whatever you know the mutiny against him um and i don't know all these characters names i mean it's so hard to keep track when you have a thousand klingons and none of them speak english and you're trying to follow the subtitles you're trying to follow the subtitles of the characters' names while looking at them, but you can't look at them because you're reading the subtitles. It all gets confusing. But this idea that uh, there's this mutiny on the Klingon ship and that the commander is exiled to the Szechuan uh, <laughs> to basically die there. Uh, here's the thing. Are we... We have a combination of, you know, seeing the remnants of the Szechuan, as you call it, and also... The whole thing with Burnham and the last will and testament of, you know, Michelle Yeoh, um, Captain, what is it, Captain Giorgio? Mm-hmm. So, you combine these two things. We talked about the beginning is Michelle Yeoh coming back. I did hear a rumor this week. I don't even know if it's a rumor or if it was a confirmation that Michelle Yeoh will be back. The real question at this point, is she going to be back in flashbacks? Kind of like what we saw this week, which was really just, you know, an audio recording of her. But then you combine that with the stuff on the Szechuan uh, and the Klingon exiles, and the fact that she's Michelle Yeoh. I mean, she's such a huge star. Will she be coming back just in flashbacks, or are they going to find a way to bring her back from the dead like Spock? Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, it's it's hard to say exactly what they're going to do with her, but, you know, I was a little bit disappointed when I started to watch the show, and, and then I kind of figured out, obviously, in the second... Well, not the second episode, technically the third, that she's not actually the captain, because I was really looking forward to it just specifically for that, because I love her. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't? She's Michelle Yeoh. She's yeah. like, 
you know, Hong Bond Kong girl. Bond girl, Hong Kong movie icon. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, just amazing. Just amazing all around, and all around great gal. And does and does this lady age like seriously? I don't she, think she does. She no. looks amazing. <laughs> she's. I think she's looked the same for the last thirty years. Yeah, well, that's racist, Jamie. <laughs> well, no, it's it's a compliment. <laughs> you can be racist even if being complimentary. Whatever. Um, I'm sure Ben could find a way to do it. We got a baby crying in the background. He's <laughs> very upset by your racist comments, Jamie. Oh. Oh. Or maybe, that's all or say. maybe he just doesn't like Michelle Yeoh. Hey, hey, you take that back. You take that back, or we take him back. It's one or the other. Yeah, um, he's not going to fit. Sorry. <laughs> I said take him, not put him back. Um, this episode is going dark really quickly. Okay, so yes or no, is she going to come back as... Well, that's not really a yes or no question. Uh, a or B, is she coming... <laughs> How do I know? I don't know what they've written. It's We're speculating. Why else are we doing a podcast on this if not to provide insight that maybe people haven't thought of? Is she coming back I thought that we were doing this dead? podcast just to, to hate, like, you know... What's... Bel- belittle the show? To and, belittle? Well, that's and, what it's turned into, and, sadly. And haggle about it? Yeah, but let's belittle... Which is a dumber idea, whether she would come back from the dead and be like Spock somehow, or just come back from flashbacks. I don't know. Either would be cool. Like, I love but, Jason Isaacs. But it, it'd be cool if they found some way to bring her back from the dead. I love Jason Isaacs. I mean, I was going on and on Who's about how great Captain Lorca. Oh, okay. He's a great actor. Oh, yeah, Lorca. Lorca yeah. Whale. He's been, he's been around forever. Uh, he was in one of your favorite movies, The Patriot. The villain in The Patriot. It's been a really long time since I watched that. He, Captain Hook and Peter Pan. But it had Mel Gibson in it before you went crazy. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think he always was crazy, but uh, just publicly. But no, seriously, I love Jason Isaacs, and I think he's doing okay, but I don't feel like they're giving him enough to work with. And part of that's because nobody can, like, they're putting so much focus on Burnham as a character, and credit to them for that. Burnham is emerging as an interesting character, albeit a little too much, as I said, of making everybody else around her an idiot just to make her the hero. But because she's still ostracized from the crew, she still is a prisoner. And, you know, we touch on that a little bit in this episode, which I thought was interesting. We're not getting a lot of interactions with the other characters. You know, when she's interacting with Tilly, who's the only one she really does speak to, she couldn't care less. You know, uh, Lorca and Saru, and they're all just very skeptical of her. I think once we get to the point where they can be uh, they can be a rapport between her and the other crew members, it'll work. Because the format they're going for, I know I complained early on, well, we only really have a few characters. That's kind of what they were going for with this. I think they were going more for the original series where it was just Spock and Kirk and McCoy. And the other characters were all secondary. You know, Next Generation and on, it really was like an ensemble cast. But I think it's fine to go back to just that core group. But until... The other characters can start to connect with Burnham. We're not getting anything out of them because there's nothing for anybody to play off of. Well, and you don't know who they are. But I'm optimistic because I know they're not going to keep the show like this forever. I'm just kind of getting impatient waiting for the characters to be able to do something and to develop their relationships and their rapport and everything. I mean, that's one of the great things that Star Trek has always done is just how especially these the command crew plays off each other. I mean, you go back to Enterprise... One of the most interesting things about Enterprise was how T'Pol and Archer really played off each other and this weird loyalty that they had towards each other despite really completely being at odds and being polar opposites and not even liking each other most of the time, you know? Yeah. There, Voyager, I mean, I, I'm not really a fan of Voyager, but even Voyager had that. I mean, Voyager had, you know, Janeway and Chakotay. I mean, they were basically, you know, opposing captains and technically at war together and then they're forced together on the ship. 
so once we have that, I know the show's really going to take off. I think more than anything, this episode, it gave me hope that the show's going to go somewhere. Some of these standalone episodes, like this one involving the Ripper, you know, could be interesting. The Ripper. The Ripper. Um, some of them could be interesting, but for the most part, it's taking a while to get there. But I'm, I'm developing a little bit of optimism now. Yes. So would you rather Michelle Yo came back from the dead or just be flashbacks? I already answered that question earlier. I said either would be cool, but it'd be really cool if she did come back from the dead somehow. I already said that okay, earlier. Which one do you think will happen? I think it's just going to be flashbacks. That's racist. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> that's, uh, let's wrap this up here with the rating of the week. Episode 1 and 2, I believe we both binned the first one and rented the second. Episode 3, we both binned. Um, Well-deserved bin on that one. It's kind of crazy to me when you read critics' reviews and they're like, this was a really good episode. And you wonder, did they ever watch Star Trek before? And I understand there is a, you know, a little bit of... I mean, you can't always tailor everything just to the diehard fans. You know, They ran into some of that with the newer movies. But it's just weird that a lot of critics were like, that was a great episode. I'm like, that was horrible. This one was an improvement. What would you do? Buy it, bin it, rent it. This one, just because of everything with um, the Ripper creature, I would, um, I would definitely buy, like. I don't know. I feel weird saying buy it. Like I would watch it. Then that's a rent it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you re. I mean, for TV, you rewatch it if it's on TV. I think is the equivalent of whether it's a rented or not. Yeah. And if I'll it, buy if, it. Would you go? If this episode was season? on again, I would watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it was all right, and we've spent less time talking about it, partly because you're exhausted and <laughs> have no interest in talking about anything. We have you on two episodes in one week, Jamie. How do you keep up with this schedule? Oh, I have so much life in Ben me. and I talk for four and a half hours on Man of Steel, which you can listen to pretty much now on the Oz Network, and you're drained after 29 minutes. I don't know, you know, like if this was like, you know, gossip and girl time, I'd be able to talk for hours. If this but... was gossip girl? No, I'm saying, like, gossip, like, juicy gossip, and, like, girl time, and, like, coffee, and snacks, like... Like, did you see what Burnham was doing with Saru's threat gills in the back room? That's really weird. Yeah, that's... I'm just trying to get in my girly gossip here. No. A little bit out of practice. No. Uh, okay, so you're gonna rent it. I would say the same thing. We've kind of made fun of this episode. A lot of things still aren't working, but it was good enough that I was entertained by it. Um... Still not loving the series, but I have a feeling this is going to be one of these things that will play better once you can see the season as a whole and really see where they're going with it. Uh, let's get to our rankings of the week. Uh, do we have a theme song for this? Do we just want to play the 007 rankings? Uh, you know what was really funny, actually? What? So it's kind of a random thought. Um, I have never the- had that with you on an episode. No, I had this, I had this thought come into my head. Um... Uh, actually a while ago and I was trying to I was trying to think about it you know what is the one again with Scott Bakula Enterprise, Enterprise. Right? I, I was listening to the theme song kind of had it stuck in my head you know what it reminds me of mm. it reminds me of Michael Bolton that, that yeah. like can't live without you song can't. Faith of the Heart yeah. yeah can you sing it what the Faith of the Heart song or no it's like can't live without you or can't something. give any more <laughs> Is that Michael Bolton? I don't know if it's Michael Bolton. I'm not a Michael Bolton fan. I don't know if that's the song. Well, we'll get to the theme songs anyway, one of these days. Somebody knows it's a Michael yeah. Bolton song. But yeah, the Enterprise theme, Faith of the Hearts, very Michael Bolton. But it's good. I mean, it's fun. We'll we'll talk about it when we get to our it's like ranking. Some of the cheesy theme song. '80s love song. You do know we're not ranking the theme songs this week, right? 
No, I know, but I'm saying I wanted to mention that because it okay. was funny. I was like, can't live without you, baby. That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bolton on the Oz Network. How am I supposed to live? Wow, um, I'm going to have to turn on the volume on some of that. <laughs> I don't even think those are the lyrics. Um, okay. no, no, that's not the song. We have a new doctor introduced this week. I already can't remember his name. A um, little bit of a quirky character. Probably not somebody that's going to be a big deal. I mean, but then again, you go back to the original series, Scotty oh, wasn't a big deal. I was going to say there was a doctor introduced, but I remember it's the guy who fixed his nose. Yeah, that's right. I already forget his name, Yeah, with too. that technology that we would love to have exist 10 years later, but apparently it didn't, or 90 years later in Next Generation or whatever else. Yeah. Um, no, but like, you go back to the original series, I mean, Scotty wasn't a big character. Despite what people think because they've seen the movies... You know, Sulu was not a big character. Chekhov was not a big character. They were just sort of background characters that appeared every week. It's probably what this book will be. But let's go through the Doctors. And I know you're going to have trouble remembering a few of them, as oh, yeah. I've already tried. Oh, yeah. You know Dr. McCoy from the original? Yes. You know Dr. Crusher from Next Generation? That's the female one with the red hair and the sun, right? Yeah. Do you okay. know Dr. Pulaski? Do we want to include Pulaski in here? Is that a doctor that was like a plastic surgeon no in season two of next generation they replaced dr crusher with this old lady ew he was right and they removed her after the second season in all fairness she wasn't terrible uh i mean as a teenage boy watching the show i'm like get this old lady off my screen but she was all right but she just she didn't click with the other characters you know and they kind of wanted to bring like a mccoy in there well you you can't take your eyes off her she's mesmerizing <laughs> you for some reason. So i'm just trying to figure out her fro her her big 80s curly hair um <laughs> okay so how about deep space nine do you remember dr bashir no dr bashir here i'm pulling them up so you could see them oh okay he's okay. like east indian or something i don't you know i assume he's middle eastern i mean the, the actor played the, you know, Alec Guinness, Prince Faisal role from Lawrence of Arabia in the sequel. So, I mean, he played an Arab prince, maybe. Is, is that know. the guy who played Gandhi? No, that's Ben King. <laughs> you think Ben Kingsley and Alexander Siddig are the same person? Oh, oops. Uh, you know the doctor from Voyager, right? That's the hologram? Yeah, guy? the hologram doctor. Yes. Okay, good. And do he's, you know... He's probably my favorite. Do you know Dr. Phlox from Enterprise? Who comes up with these names? They're aliens. Well, not, I mean, yeah, none of them are aliens him. up until Flocks. Although you could argue Pulaski might have been with that fro. Yeah. Okay. So we have, let's include Pulaski in there. Can I, can I go last to first? Yeah, if you feel like it. Okay. I want to put the old lady last. Okay. <laughs> you don't remember her, but because she's an old lady, she's last. Pulaski, right? Yeah, Dr. Pulaski. Okay. Um... And then the East Indian guy. Okay. <laughs> You're so racist. Let me just identify people by their race. Or their or their their age. I'm not... I didn't say anything else. I think that the, the guy looks East Indian, so that's why I said that. Okay. Anyway, um, then who else next? Uh, probably the... I don't really remember much about that alien guy, Phlox. So he'll be he'll be next. He had a cool way of speaking. That's the coolest thing about Phlox. Yeah, and then... If, it, he, why, if he had to rank the Doctors, he and would, then it would probably be, be ranking Pulaski last as well. And then it would be um, Crusher. Okay. And then McCoy. And then the hologram Doctor. Voyager. Voyager comes in at number one. I love that guy. I love him too. I mean, okay, mine's going to be slightly... Let me go backwards as well here then. How about that? 
Um, Sorry to give you so many edit points all the time, by the way, just just in general. <laughs> if people only knew how many times I edit this episode. Uh, I mean, yeah, the obvious choice is Pulaski is last. <laughs> uh, she was only there for one season, let's give her some credit. But again, watching this show, I mean, I was a, a child when the show started airing, but I don't remember Pulaski until I started rewatching as a teenager. But That's you know not what, what you want to watch as I a teenager. I have nothing boy. against age, though, because Jean-Luc Picard, he's freaking hot. Yeah, well, and that guy is probably like three times my age. And Dr. Pulaski no, is, he, is, is he more? freaking not. No, he's is he more than three times? I don't know how old he is. Oh, no, that would be like 90. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, let's move on. This is my time now. <laughs> Dried Dr. up crusty bones. Okay. Dr. Pulaski last. We're both agreeing. My second last. Um, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I'm going to put Bashir second last. I know a lot of people love the Bashir character. The Bashir character worked well, kind of in the way McCoy did, as in McCoy working off of Spock. You which, know? which season was he on? The, the... Deep Space Nine, not a season, a show. Yeah, if Dr. Bashir could play off of other characters, he was all right. Uh, but on his own, I mean, he was boring, and I thought he was kind of cheesy. Uh, they wanted to make a ladies' man character on the show, but they didn't want to make an important character, so let's make it a doctor. Uh, plus, he always kind of looked anorexic to me. Uh, now I'm being <laughs> prejudiced here. Uh, who do you have left? We have Flocks. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to go... I'm probably going to go Crusher below Flocks, just because Crusher... When she had her own episodes, they were terrible. And I mean... Next would be Phlox, even though Phlox is not the type of character that ever really carried his own stories. Phlox at least had that quirk about him. He was more entertaining to watch than Crusher was most of the time. Crusher played really well off of Picard. Uh, Hologram Doctor, number two. I mean, I love the Hologram Doctor. He's my favorite character on Voyager as well. But you can't beat McCoy. McCoy is number one. And anybody who says McCoy is not number one is probably racist, Jamie. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we're wrapping this up now. We're going to be back next week for, what are we on, episode five? Um, I lost count already. Yeah, this was four, going on five. Casper's very upset. Uh, he thought we were going to buy this one. Uh, sorry, you'll have to wait, Casper. Uh, that's it for Star Trek Discovery, episode four. Uh, and we have, what else coming out? Uh, this episode, we should say, apologies, this episode's going up a bit late. Uh, it was Canadian Thanksgiving this weekend, and then on top of that, we had to record another episode, the second or Halloween random rewatches, which is coming out. Uh, as well, Ben and I recorded four hours plus on Man of Steel, which is a fun episode, so give it a listen. Uh, so we will be back next time on Star Trek Discovery, and until next time, thank you for joining me, Jamie, on the Oz Network. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.